Let us be attentive. O Lord, how magnificent are your works. You have made all things in wisdom. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, be watchful, stand firm in your faith, be courageous and be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Now, brethren, you know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the saints. I urge you to be subject to such men and to every fellow worker and laborer. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaeus, because they have made up for your own absence. For they refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Give recognition to such men. The churches of Asia send greetings. Aquila and Prisca, together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. All the brethren send greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. If anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. Come, O Lord. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you, and may love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Peace be with you, the reader. Arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Saint Matthew. Let us be attentive. The Lord said this parable. There was a householder who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and let it out to tenants and went into another country. When the season of fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again he sent other servants more than the first, and they did the same to them. Afterward he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir, come, let us kill him, and have his inheritance. 
And they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the very stone which the builders rejected has become the head of the corner? This was the Lord's doing, and it was marvelous in our eyes. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If I were to begin this sermon by saying Happy New Year, I think it would seem quite out of place to most of you this time of year. The Church, however, according to the most ancient practices, has set aside September the 1st as the beginning of the new year for the Church. The first ecumenical council in 325 A.D. indeed even decreed this. It was also the beginning of the civil year for the ancient Israelites under the Old Covenant. And September was the month of the gathering of fruits and of crops and the bringing to God of sacrifices of thanksgiving. It was at the time of this feast that the Lord Jesus went into the synagogue in Nazareth at the beginning of his public ministry, opened the book of the prophet Isaiah, and read the words speaking about the coming Messiah, words speaking, of course, about and fulfilled in himself. He read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. As the crops were harvested at this time of the year, God's people would offer to him out of deep gratitude and love the very best of what they had and the very first fruits. The Lord spoke to Moses concerning this, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, You shall bring the cluster of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest in the temple. Their God and King was not some afterthought to them, bringing to the temple whatever they may have had left over from the past year. Not at all. He was in the forefront of their minds, and nothing was as important 
as offering to him the very first and best of what he himself had provided for them. In a beautiful passage in the book of Nehemiah, we read, We obligate ourselves to bring the first fruits of our soil and the first fruits of all fruit of every tree, year by year, to the house of the Lord, also to bring to the house of our God, to the priests who minister in the house of our God, the firstborn of our livestock, and the firstlings of our her- herds and of our flocks, and to bring the first of our dough, of our contributions, the fruit of every tree, the wine and the oil, to the priests, to the chambers of the house of our God. They acknowledged the gift that they had received by grace from him, knowing very well that they had what they had was from above. For every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. We recite at the end of the liturgy, quoting the epistle of St. James. So if indeed this is a new year, according to our holy church, and a new year necessarily implies renewal, what then will our resolutions be? Rather, what should our resolutions be? The ecclesiastical new year provides us with a fresh opportunity to renew our labors as individuals, as families, and as a community of faith. Remember the prophecy of Isaiah fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the release of the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Although this was certainly applied to Christ, the Anointed One himself, it also can apply to each and every one of us. The Lord has given us, therefore, in this prophecy, kind of a to-do list to guide our labors. His words should inspire us as we begin this new year. The Anointed One of God, Jesus Christ, brought the, God, the gospel of salvation to the entire world as it was prophesied. The good news of the kingdom was proclaimed to the poor, to the brokenhearted, to the captives, to the blind, and to the oppressed. And we were and are indeed without the gospel every single one of these. Under the power of the devil, we were captives and oppressed, slaves to his every whim. Under the power of the gospel, however, we have been set free and attained liberty by the passion and the resurrection of Christ. For as St. Paul says in Hebrews, through his death, Jesus destroyed the devil who had the power of death, and Jesus released us who, because of the fear of death, were all our lives in bondage. Without the medicine of Christ, we are all ill, brokenhearted, and blind. 
He brought healing, the only true cure to humanity. As the psalm reads, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And we know what St. Peter said, by his wounds we have been healed. Without the riches of Christ, we are all poor, no matter how much we have materially. If we don't have Christ, we don't have anything. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, St. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. So my beloved, we are indeed rich in Christ and have so much to be thankful to God for. How do we show our gratitude to him? St. Paul gave this advice again to the Corinthians to show a proof of their love for God by taking up a collection and giving their gifts unto the Lord. So let each one give, he writes, as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. We saw how those under the old covenant gave to God the very best the very first of what they had. And that was without even having been given the riches of Christ. We have that wealth now. So how much more should we desire to give to God our very best for all that he has done for us? For all that he has done for us, especially in Jesus Christ. How much more should we desire to share the riches of the gospel with all of those around us who remain in spiritual darkness and bondage. At the beginning of this new year, be resolved, my brothers and sisters, to give God your very best and to labor to share the good news of Christ with the entire world. The Lord and his holy church should be in the forefront of our minds. Our church affords us the opportunity so many times over to express our love for God concretely. Show to them the proof of your love, to quote St. Paul once more. And in Proverbs it says, Honor the Lord with all of your substance and with the first fruits of all your produce. That is, give of yourself completely and entirely. To God in works, in deeds, in offerings. This will indeed be an acceptable year of the Lord if we resolve to bring sacrifices of thanksgiving to God and assist new souls to enter into the kingdom. Let us conclude with a prayer for this new year, the hymn we sing as we inaugurate the ecclesiastical new year. O creator of the universe, setting times and seasons by your own authority, bless the cycle of this year of your goodness, O Lord, guarding our rulers and your nation in peace at the intercessions of the Theotokos, and save us. To the creator and to the provider of all good things, be the power and the glory. Amen.